0: So this week and next week are basically a takeover, right? We had the mid card this week, we have the main event next week, RIP in peace AEW next week, but more importantly, let's talk about it. Took me three takes just to do the beginning bit, so let's see how the rest of it goes. What's going on, everybody? It's your buddy, it's your pal, Spaz Phoenix, the YWC Reality Check here with your NXT review for for December 11th, 2019. I can't speak. I am tired as fuck, guys. As I said on Twitter, I said this this review was going to be particularly fun because. Overtime at my work has been absolutely kicking me in the ass. I'm a little bit punch drunk with the fact that I am going on about this much sleep. For those of you watching in a podcast form, I just did the finger thing to show how little sleep i'm actually going on but mentioning the podcast if you're watching this in a podcast form you want to catch me on youtube look up spaz phoenix on youtube if you're watching this in the video form right now thank you very much if you want to catch me in audio form you what you want to do is you want to go to stitcher spotify itunes google anchor uh Castbox, every other every other podcast platform you can think of pretty much and put in spaz phoenix podcast you're going to find me there the podcast is growing it's really good youtube has a lot of really scary things coming up and I don't know how they're going to affect this channel I doubt they will affect this channel I'm not really big enough for them to notice and I don't make any money, so it's fine um, but it is what it is YouTube, we're on our Road to 1000 podcast is just getting up off the ground and it's it's really good The the little bit of feedback that I've gotten on the podcast on the audio end of it has been really good I do appreciate it we will be doing a preview for TLC this weekend The caveat being that it's not going to go up on the Friday as it typically does. All things being equal, you guys will be getting my TLC podcast preview, whatever, with Kristen or Guapo or both of them, I'm not quite sure yet, sometime over the course of Saturday evening. So, um, that being the case, it it is what it is. I mean, TLC... I mean, I'll give you a little spoiler right now on my take on TLC. Normally, TLC is sort of the end of the year wrap-up. The last big thing to happen at the end of the year is Survivor Series. And then we get this other sort of bantery bullshit pay-per-view. And it is a lot of that this year. But they've, done, they've gone and messed the whole thing up by putting some really good matches in there as well. So you can't completely write it off as, as bullshit, which is very, very interesting. Very, very cool dynamic for what is usually a throwaway pay-per-view. In my, I mean, we have Corbin versus Roman, and let's let's talk, you know, less about that and more about the good shit. But um, it, it will be a cool pay-per-view. In one way or another, you know me, wrestling is either really, really awesome or it's really hilarious and people can get angry on Twitter and it's fine. People are still telling me I'm angry about Kofi Kingston being champion, but Kofi Kingston as champion is so beyond irrelevant at this point that even that I can kind of laugh at a little bit. You know what I don't laugh at? You know what I don't laugh at whatsoever is NXT. So let's just go right into NXT. Not much house cleaning to talk about this week. So we skipped it, pretty much. We do the typical video... um, ramp up at the beginning of the show like they usually do and as I've said in the past couple of weeks they're really really good at it but what's even better is when you break that mold and you do remember with SummerSlam a couple of years ago uh, I mean several years ago now when basically the opening package of SummerSlam was interrupted by DX and it was just Shawn Michaels and Triple H basically fucking around basically they did that here except they interrupted the opening package because the main event tonight is the triple threat match the main event to see who's going to face Michael Cole or sorry Adam Cole, I'm an idiot, and I'm very tired. Please bear with me. Um, so Adam Cole interrupted the opening segment and talked about how much bullshit it is. William Regal's putting him in a bad position, and he has to defend his title. Rah rah rah. I mean, at least he's taking on a legitimate competitor, and not Luke Perry's kid. Just putting it out there. Uh, but it's 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 good. It did its job. It hyped up Keith Lee, Finn Balor, and. Uh, and Tommaso Ciampa, so we went from there, we started off hot this week, with the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, and it was indeed, Leo Rush versus Angel Garza, we got a brief recap from Moro Uh all the issues between Angel Garza, Leo Rush, Angel Garza with his affinity for taking off his pants in front of Leo Rush's family, all the attacks back and forth backstage, apparently something happened on 205 Live, but nobody watches 205 Live, so it's fine, they do the, um, the spotlight introductions like they do for all the title matches on NXT. I think it's cool that not only do they bring the lights down uh, so that the focus is in the ring, they do the spotlights because that's where the focus is, but they also have the projection of the NXT logo in the ring. That's a small minute thing but it does make a difference and it does look really really cool. Now, during these introductions we got a cheap shot by Rush on Garza to start the match. They brawl on the outside, they go back in, there's a spear through the ropes by Garza and Garza eats the steps. Now the cool thing about this is commentary does a great job pointing out the fact that this is sort of out of the wheelhouse for both of these guys, because since coming back to NXT, the Cruiserweight Championship has really been sort of like the technical wrestler, the technical uh, showcase title. There's not a whole lot of, of brawling and, and street fighting per se, and that's really, really cool. Garza perches Rush up in the ropes, pins his legs, pins his arms back, and slaps him a couple times before hitting him with a super kick, you know, instead of adding the insult to the injury, you added the injury to the insult, I thought that was a really cool thing, body shots by Rush, and some forearms and a high knee, pop-up hangman by Garza, just looked like Leo Rush got his head cut off of his shoulders, which is fine, baseball slide dropkick by Garza, Illyria, and a seated abdominal stretch, a series of kicks by Rush, returned by Garza, and a modified single leg crab by Garza, and right hands by Rush, Corn- Corner boot by Rush was really, really stiff. Snap power slam by Garza. Full Nelson by Garza. Head scissor takedown by Rush. Head scissor out of the ring by Rush. And a suicide back flip. Which was, again, we get into the into the mode where a suicide dive or a suicide flip is, is you know, becoming the norm. It's like the new super kick. But this suicide backflip that he did was just absolutely incredible. Roundhouse by Rush and the... Yeah. I can't read my own writing. Roundhouse by Rush followed by Right Hands, because that's hard to say, apparently. Again, I'm going to say it a bunch of times. Please bear with me. I'm incredibly tired. Rush tries for the come up, and Garza not only blocks it, but hits a come up of his own, which is a nice little touch. You know, anything you can do, I can do better. You guys know I love that story, but it's especially good when what you are trying to do is your finisher, and I hit it, and you don't. It's a... It's an acceleration of the story that I like. Instagram by Rush and a top rope Spanish fly by Garza. Top rope Spanish fly sort of goes under the radar as far as spectacular maneuvers, does it not? Uh, They trade some punches on their knees. The punches turn to slaps, turn to headbutts as they get back to their feet. Super kick by Garza, uh, spin kick by Rush. They both kind of fall down from the effects of each other's kicks and their own exhaustion. Both of these guys, for two high flying, high energy guys, these guys sold the exhaustion of the match that they were in and it was really good. Um Rush hits the wing clipper on Garza, which is great. You can steal my move, I can steal your move. We're stepping up again that whole story of anything you can do, I can do better. Okay, you thought you could do my move better than me, I can do your move better than you. He does, in fact, hit the come up for a near fall. He hits the final hour on the outside, except he eats the knees of Garza. Garza tries to slip out, sorry, Garza slips into the ring, slips back, tries to slip back out of the ring. Leo Rush tries to stop him from sliding up out of the ring. And what is his downfall in this particular moment? What is Angel Garza's thing? What do we say all the time in every match? Angel Garza takes off his pants for reasons. And that's what keeps him from being pulled back into the ring by Leo Rush. Leo Rush tries to pull him back into the ring by the pants, and the pants come off, and he goes out of the ring. Then we do the final hour spot to the outside, which misses. We get it back in the ring. Angel Garza not only hits the wing clipper successfully, but also turns the wing clipper into a submission and gets the fucking win. I gotta say, I did not see that coming. I like Angel Garza. The crowd obviously likes Angel Garza but everybody likes Leo Rush too and I really like Leo Rush and it's it's a little bit of the behind the scenes bias cuz you know especially because of Moro Ronaldo Moro Ronaldo's being a big outspoken voice in uh in terms of mental illness and, and, and fighting those internal struggles and whatnot, and he has put forth in his commentary how much Leo Rush has been dealing with those things, and it shouldn't, because it should be character-based and all that, but you can't help but have that affect you a little bit, and I was really behind Leo Rush, never mind the fact that the guy's entertaining as fuck and athletic as fuck to begin with, um, Indo Garza gets the win. The crowd absolutely loves it. Now, we're going to come back to that in a second. But we go through a couple of video packages. We get the first of several video packages for next week for Baszler versus Ripley. As I said, they're treating this week and next week like a takeover. So the video packages were up next level tonight. And we know NXT, WWE... They're good with the video packages in general. These ones were just, were just fucking great. These ones were more... This one was more focused on Baszler. We get to the one that's more focused on Ripley later on in the night. We see Balor backstage talking about tonight's triple threat match, and he's just talking some, you know, my future will be my past. And I, I can't prove it, and this is, it sounds like a really shitty thing to say, but as a heel... I feel like Finn Balor is trying to overemphasize his accent. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. It does add a particular effect to his promos. But I think it's it's being more put on than it was before. I could be wrong. I could be crazy. As I've said, and as I will say several more times, I'm very tired. Um, we go back to Moro Ronaldo, who says, hey, here's what you missed during the commercial break, and it was Angel Garza sort of breaking the heel character for a second. He talks about the four different things that he respects in his life. He talks about, you know, wrestling, obviously, his friends, his family, the support of the WWE universe, and then he brings his girlfriend into the ring, and he proposed to his girlfriend with his brand newly won Cruiserweight title in his other hand, and I'm sorry, you know, we can talk a bunch of bullshit about wrestling and, oh, they should've done this, they should've done this, I like this guy, I don't like this, that's a fucking cool thing, and the thing is, you don't usually see the commercials, especially on the main roster, so the fact that NXT brought the real life moment into the show, I thought that was a really cool touch, because I don't think you necessarily get that on Raw and SmackDown, I think this felt like a very NXT move to share that, not only with the audience in-house, at full sale, obviously, they're there, they don't leave just because it's commercial, um, but for the crowd at home, especially uh, the new fans watching on USA Network, my stream was shit tonight, by the way, we'll get into that later, um, and yeah, he proposed to his girlfriend, and she obviously said yes, and they made out for a couple minutes until the cameras cut, and it's all fine, and it's all wonderful, uh, Angel Garza is having a heck of a lot better time with his love life than, say, oh, I don't know, Rusev. Moving on, or Drake Maverick and, and what's her name, Renee Michelle? I don't know. Raúl Mendoza versus Cameron Grimes. Now, gotta be honest with you. When they said, "Hey, coming up next is Raúl Mendoza versus Cameron Grimes," I just wanted to write skip on this because I'm sorry. I haven't. I I know Raúl Mendoza is a great in-ring guy, but I don't care, and Cameron Grimes, I don't care. Full stop. But we started the match. And we showed some footage, and I remembered why this match is happening, because that's how unmemorable I think it is. NXT doesn't make a lot of mistakes, but when I do see them making mistakes, I will call them out. Something that I do, something that AEW fans don't really tend to do. But we did see last week when Raul Mendoza was meant to face um, Kushida, and then he took him out on the rampway, and Cameron Grimes ended up taking on Kushida, and Kushida ended up beating him, and then we see footage of the PC where... Cameron Grimes came and found Kushida and beat the fuck out of him again and the match it happens Uh, there's a a pretty decent flurry by Mendoza I'm not I, I won't take anything away from him he's a decent high flyer and if I had a reason to care I'd have a reason to care um Grimes did that weird twisting cross body thing that he does Kushida comes down the ramp to the ring to cause a distraction there's a head scissor roll up type thing from Mendoza Mendoza gets the win but they really, really put it over as, he didn't do this on his own, it was a fluke, da 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 it's all Kushida. And then Kushida, who's the only person I really give a shit about in this entire scenario, steals Cameron Grimes's hat and walks away. And on the one hand, it's clever because he's a little bit of a cheeky character. On the other hand, it really does kind of feel like Roderick strong burning Velveteen Dream's couch. It's just like, we're just burning props were just stealing other people's clothes. Remember way, way, way back in the day when Crime Time stole Lita's luggage and they started throwing her underwear out into the crowd. It's not quite that crude, but it's basically the same. He stole a hat. It's not, it's not exactly stealing The Undertaker's urn, is it? It's not exactly taking a bath in Paul Bearer's ashes, is it? It's a hat. And it's a hat that belongs to a guy that I don't give a shit about. Oh, yes. Uh, speaking of guys that I don't give a shit about, Jackson Riker had a match. And, I mean, I, f- I forget about the Forgotten Sons, so their name is kind of apropos. But usually it's uh, Cutler and Blake uh, of the three of them, and Jackson Riker's kind of the enforcer on the outside. But that's not the story. The story is that he's taking on Travis Banks from NXT UK, who I legitimately like. He is, and I when I was watching NXT UK on a more regular basis, and even... Talking to you guys about it a bit, I did refer to Travis Banks as like another version of the old school babyface Sami Zayn. I. There are very few people that I actually, you know, quote unquote, miss watching by uh, not watching NXT UK. I just, uh, I got other stuff going on. It is what it is. But most of the people that I miss. From, from watching NXT UK on a regular basis, are coming over. We've seen Tony Storm, we've seen Rhea Ripley, we've seen Walter and Imperium, we've seen Pete Dunne make his return to NXT proper. Um, so it doesn't really draw me to NXT UK to know that all the ones that I care about, I mean, bring over Eladon, Dawn, bring over Piper Niven, um, I, I don't... Feel drawn to NXT UK when I know that whoever's really, really good is going to end up on NXT proper, like regular NXT. I, it really does bring me to believe that eventually we're going to see Noam Dar mixing it up for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, which I wouldn't mind in the slightest. But, anyways, all this is to build up to the Worlds Collide show. Which is happening Royal Rumble weekend, which I really am looking forward to because they really do seem to be putting a bit of a promotional machine behind it. Whereas before it was just pre-taped random matches and and so on and so forth. This is taking place. This is sorry. This is taking the place of a takeover uh, on Royal Rumble weekend because as we know, there's no takeover Royal Rumble weekend. We're getting NXT takeover Portland in February instead, and it's and it's going to be a live show. So they've taken the worlds collide. Concept and they've made it much more valuable, in my personal opinion. And let's be real NXT getting the proper spotlight on USA Network, like it has now, is going to give the guys from NXT UK a spotlight because they are still on the WWE Network, which not everybody has. So I think the Worlds Collide tournament is a giant everybody wins scenario now I don't know why they didn't do this survivor series weekend when all the brands were facing each other because it sort of feels like we're doing that again But I really do, I really do like the idea. There's a pie face by Riker to start. They trade some shots. There's a suicide dive by Banks that gets blocked. Some corner chops by Riker. A springboard toss suplex by Riker and body shots by Banks. A corner drop kick by Banks and a cannonball. A double axe handle and a running knee by Riker. But a missile drop kick by Banks. And the slice of heaven, which is this really cool modified head scissor thing that he does, gets the surprise win for Banks. And yes, I'm going to say it like I did when I did the NXT UK reviews. This is the only Banks win I care about there is no other banks on any other brand that i care about getting a win this is the only banks in wwe that should be winning matches banks anyways let's move from that to something a little cooler because what i didn't mention before and it's staring me in the face right in my notes is we had mia Yim in the back talking about her match coming up with dakota kai tonight how she cost her the chance to make history in the first ever women's war games match everything we already know It's really good. We get Dakota Kai versus Mia Yim. There's a dropkick by Yim to start. There's forearms by Kai and a snapmare by both. They trade snapmares, which is a really... Again, going back to the first match, you guys know. Anything you can do, I can do better. I like that story. But dueling snapmares is a really interesting spot that I hadn't really thought of in that context. There's a trip by Yim and a tarantula and a second rope dropkick, a boot by Kai, an axe kick, and Kai eats the steps on the outside, followed by a running cannonball into the steps by Mia Yim. And I will say this in the most polite way possible. Dakota Kai is skinnier. Mia Yim is bigger. The cannonball from the larger opponent into the steel steps is an impressive looking spot. I don't care who the opponents are, I don't care what you think of either opponent, that is an impressive looking spot. We go to the commercial break because this is one of the ones that didn't give me a picture in picture. There's a um, couple of rolling dragon screws by the time we get back from the commercial break by Yim Haluva kick by Kaya Sunner to the knee by Yim, which was really good because she got the leg that's braced and she put it over the shoulder. She stunned the inside part of the knee, which is all like soft tissue and tendon and all that shit. <coughs> excuse me overhead toss suplex by Yim and a back elbow and a code blue code blue got a near fall by the way which is really cool batista bomb by Kai a series of kicks to the face a german suplex with a bridge by Yim followed by I guess her version of a recoil basically it was a code breaker on one knee just like it is with Ricochet. so we're going to call it the recoil sounds good sounds good boot by Kai Yim eats the exposed turnbuckle bolt while the referee isn't looking quick roll up win for Dakota Kai but again Second time I'm going to say this tonight, that's not the real story. The real story is Mia Yim is pissed off that she got screwed out of another win. They brawl into the crowd. Mia Yim sets up some tables. They brawl up the stairs into the sound area, and she basically gives her off of the sound area what the commentators called a teardrop suplex. And I'm not sure what the clarification of that is, but basically, teardrop suplexes her off of the soundstage, through two tables, and again, I I hate to pick on size, but somebody as as slight and petite as Dakota Kai is, she's athletic as hell, but she's probably one of the smallest women in the division, taking that spot from an elevated position through two tables, again, is a pretty nice spot. Now, it looks like they shot the first table, not the second table, so they might have clipped their heads, I'm really hoping that that's not the case, because I like both these girls and I want to see them fight some more, Dakota Kai has a lot more people to answer to in this story but really really good the match as i say i thought it was good because i'm invested in the characters involved uh take that out of the equation this match would not set the world on fire but after the story after the match made up for anything that anybody else could say was lacking Keith Lee in the back talking about the triple threat match. Tommaso Ciampa in the back talking about the triple threat match. Brizango versus the Sing Brothers. And I've got a couple of notes on this match, but they don't matter because the match cut out halfway through. That's where my stream died. Uh, Brizango were out there dressed as nurses. I guess their entrance is just that they're always going to have different entrances. Their, their entrance started with a flat line. And because the music was different, this is the bummer thing about Brizango. if they're always going to have a different entrance, every now and then we're always going to question if somebody new is debuting, or we're going to assume that it's just them doing another entrance when somebody else is actually debuting, and I will say... There's a debut that you guys know I'm looking very much forward to, and it is Shotzi Blackheart, who came from Destiny up the road here in Mississauga. Um, go back one video on my YouTube channel. If you're listening to this in audio, you're going to have to go to the YouTube channel for this. The last video I did before this one is the debut match of Shotzi Blackheart. I think she took on... Who the fuck did she take on now? Chelsea Green, I think, in uh, at a house show at uh, NXT Jacksonville. And, uh, yeah, it's her debut. I'm really impressed, because obviously they couldn't use her intro song, Ballsy, that she was using on the indies, because I think that belongs to somebody else. WWE managed to get her some decent music. Now, somebody online told me that this is a default piece of music that they've used for a lot of people, but the added bonus in this case being, I think it fits her. So, I really can't wait till they show her on TV. I don't know when that's going to be. I have no insider info, because I'm not a news guy. But, yeah... Uh, Shotzi Blackheart's coming soon. Look out for that. Anybody that does have any information when she's going to debut on TV, if you want to pass that on to me, that'd be really cool. Breezango took on the Sing Brothers, or formerly known as the Bollywood Boys. Um, and it doesn't really matter, because my stream cut out, and it took me a while to get the stream back, so I don't even know who won. And I didn't look it up before I turned this camera on, so I'm kind of an idiot, aren't I? More hype for Ripley versus Baszler. This one's more focused on Ripley and what she's done, and um, uh, her first... Couple of times with the trainers and th- them putting her over as hey the minute we saw her we knew she was a star. Uh, the history of these shad at the May Young Classic to going and becoming the first uh, WWE NXT UK Women's Champion and then coming to NXT proper and getting in Baszler's face, going and making history not only at at um... what the hell is it called? Why is my brain not working? War Games and then Survivor Series. Told you, tired. Copy some slack. Um... Yeah, it was just—it's really good, and and you guys know me. I the minute that Rhea Ripley st- stepped foot on NXT proper, I was like, we're going to get her versus Baszler, and it's going to be fucking good, and it is going to be fucking good, and that's happening next week. And there's a title match happening next week that we're going to talk about momentarily. I am really looking forward to next week. I'd like to call next week a uh, a statutory holiday, but I just can't do that because I don't have that kind of power. Caden Carter versus Bianca Belair. This was a great match that also kind of broke my heart because you know who's going to win because it's Bianca Belair and people are under the impression that she's like the best thing since sliced bread and she's not. Moving on. Shoulder tackle by Belair and a mud hole stop to start. Mule kick in a low roundhouse by Carters followed by a kick to the face. Uh, backbreaker by Belair twice in a backbreaker to the... I cannot read my own writing. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. I'm going to try that one again. Two backbreakers by Belair, and then a backbreaker rack over the shoulder. There we go. It looks like it, it, where I've written back rack, I want to let you guys know how shit my writing is. Where, where I've written rack on the sheet here, it looks like it says Rachel. That's how bad my writing is. I'm just letting you guys know. Jawbreaker by Carter and a corner spear by Bel Air. Deadlift Facebuster by Bel Air. Now... I give Bianca Belair a lot of stick, you guys know this that have been watching and listening to me for a long time. I do not ever, ever, ever discount her ability in the ring. I hate her gimmick, I hate the stupid ponytail thing, she can't cut a promo to save her life, but I have never, ever given her any shit for what she can do in that ring. Now, when she picked her up, by basically by the face, threw her up in the air and face-bustered her, basically, it was sort of an effortless X-Factor. Uh, it was really, really cool. It was the highlight of the match, and I'm not. And I, it hurts me to say that in a little bit because I do like Caden Carter. I've liked her since the Mae Young Classic. Slap by Carter, some body shots, a slingshot suplex by Belair, knee strikes by Carter, it tosses Belair out of the ring, hits her with a mule kick, but a spear and a K.O.D. get the win for Air, and that just makes me sad. Adam Cole comes out to the uh, not the ringside area, but they, I think they actually called it the observation deck. For the number one contenders match for his championship, because coming up next was indeed Tommaso Ciampa versus Keith Lee versus Finn Balor. And my notes, this is one of those, every you guys know every now and then I say this right off the bat: my notes do not do this match justice. If you want to know what actually happened in this match, if you want to know what this match was like, go back and watch the match. I'll tell you what I thought of it, I'll tell you what I thought the highlights were. I'll tell you that they should have done more pitcher-in-pitcher pitcher and less commercial breaks, but maybe it was just the bad feed that I had. Uh, this was really, really cool. You have to... You got the big guy, you got the sort of the edgy baby face, and you've got the heel. So you don't really have your Snow White baby face in this match at all. So it made for a very cool dynamic and, and interesting bedfellows throughout the match, as it were shoulder tackle by Lee to start the match who tosses Balor into the apron slingshot crossbody by Lee onto both men which is a cool spot and immediately we went to commercial break God, didn't like that I'm not going to lie hard Irish whip by Balor and a corner spear from Ciampa to Lee drop kick to the back by Balor clothesline out by Ciampa Champa and Balor trade some shots and there's a mud hole stomp by Champa in the corner Running knee in the corner by Champa on Balor, uh, one for Lee as well. Double suspension DDT by Champa manages to get both guys on either side of the turnbuckle. So very awkward angle that he was dropping both these guys down on, and it's still, I don't know why I'm doing the motion thing. People listening to this right now don't know that I'm just like doing a really weird, trying to, I'm physically trying to tell you what he did, but I don't have two opponents, and I don't have a ring, and I'm sitting in a chair, so that really doesn't work, chops by Ciampa, and a one-punch knockdown by Ali, a boot by Ciampa, double chops, and a Sintan by Lee. boot by Balor, I almost said Belair there, because I'm tired, Sorry, double stomps on both men by Balor. Pounce by Lee. Corner splashes on both men by Lee. Lee toss suplexes both men at the same time. Gets one guy on each shoulder and just like reefs back. And again, I'm doing the the motion thing because I just watched the match and I'm excited. Lee toss suplexes both men out at the same time. Balor and Champa leg sweep Lee off the turnbuckle in a double team move. You know, triple threat matches make strange bedfellows. That's the thing. Balor and Champa trade some punches. A DDT on the apron by Champa to Lee. Sling blade on the floor from Balor to Ciampa Chompa. Chompa, air raid crashes Balor off the shoulders of Lee, this was a very, very cool take on the Tower of Doom spot, because Champa was going to hit the air raid crash on Balor from the top rope, and then Lee got up under him, and it was a Tower of Doom with an air raid crash on top, very, very well done spot, very nice spot, and I'm, I sound like a pretentious critic when I say that, but this was a really nice new spin on something that you know you're going to see in every multi person match. Um, Lee jackhammers Champa, Balor double double stomps Lee, suicide sent on by Balor, drop kick by Champa into the, dro- sorry, drop kicks Champa into the rail, sorry, tired, pounce by, sorry, pounce to Balor by Lee, chop block by Champa, and they put over how smart he is for trying to cut down the big redwood, etc air raid crash by champa on keith lee and you could see his legs shaking when he went to do this spot this was the um this was the hogan lifts andre this was the john cena lifts the big show with edge on his back and all this sort of thing. but this was really done i mean you don't want to call champa an underdog ever but this was the david and goliath spot of the match um and here's the cool thing, we get a spinebuster, a pop-up spinebuster by Keith Lee on Champa, and then he hits a moonsault, and then he hits a spirit bomb, but before he can even get up from the spirit bomb, Balor, who's watching the spirit bomb goes down, comes off at the same time, hits Lee with the coup de grace, while Champa's down from the spirit bomb, gets himself a quick win, and gets the fuck off, and Balor is your winner, I don't, I don't know how to say it in any other dramatic way, Balor's your winner, He's going on to face Adam Cole next week. I swear to God, I will actually lose faith if if uh, NXT loses the Wednesday Night War next week because I like Jericho, I do, and I, I'm not going to try and make this a big braggy Wednesday Night War thing. I like Jericho for what he is. He's a great champion for AEW, great choice for their first champion, etc., I do, I I get what he's doing, I get what he's doing with the Inner Circle, the fact that the Inner Circle and the Elite are eventually going to face each other in some big massive pile of people match, is great, he's a great champion, he's going to go do the Jericho cruise and all that kind of thing, on the other side of the coin, I like uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy and and Marco Stunt, I like the the Jurassic Express, I like the gimmick, and I really, really hope that all of them are successful, Jericho you know is going to be successful, the other guys I'm just starting to like right now, um... Luke Perry's kid, I made the joke at the beginning of the night, I don't mean that as much of an asshole as I sound, but I'm sorry, on one side, you've got Grandpa, Dad, Jericho, versus a guy that's not going to win the title, and on this side of the coin, you've got not only um, losing my train of thought, you've got not only Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler, but now we know we're getting Adam Cole, Bebe versus Rockstar douchebag Finn Balor. And it's going to be fucking good. It's going to be takeover level, unless they do some really stupid Undisputed Era booking, which I'm really hoping they don't do. But I'm sorry, next week, next week we're taking it. This week I'm not sure, because I don't know what they did this week. I have I have not seen AEW Dynamite i i you guys know the drill i watch nxt i come talk to you then i go watch aew i don't know what they did this week i don't know if nxt will win this i think they should for the opener alone the opener was better than this match i'll give it that much garza and rush was an amazing match this match was good for what it was it was very like i said it was a very awkward dichotomy of styles next week though Adam Cole versus Finn Balor is your main event. And somewhere in the middle, you've got Baszler versus Ripley, which they've been building for a long-ass time. I'm losing my voice. Sorry. Um, This is going to be really, really good. This is going to be the pay-per-view-level NXT show that ends the year because I think the following week there isn't even an episode, which means you guys won't get an episode from me. Uh, If it's just some recap clip show... I'm not going to come up here and review that. If it's just the award show, I'll talk about that sometime in the new year. Um, But yeah, next week is shaping up to be pretty fucking amazing. And if WWE is somehow watching this video or listening to this podcast and they really just want to cinch it, they really just want to grab me by the throat and heart for life, debut Shotzi Blackheart next week it'll be good. Have Shotzi Blackheart go over Bianca Belair so I can laugh just a little bit. I'm rambling now because that's what happens when I'm super fucking tired and have this much voice left. I really do appreciate you guys, uh, sort of struggling through me with this week. Like I say, work kind of kicking me in the ass, so I do sound a bit draggy and a bit all over the place, but I did want to come up and talk about this show because I knew it was going to be good. Um, yeah, a couple of days, the, uh, preview for TLC. We're going to get a bit of that going. There is some other bonus stuff that me and some of my co-hosts are working on for the next couple of weeks. Don't know for sure about uh, release dates for those particular episodes, etc. I will let you guys know as soon as we've got it figured out. For right now, I should stop because I'm about to pass out live on camera or live on earphones, whatever you're listening to me on. I really need to, I really need to stop. I've been Spaz, YWC reality check. Subscribe up there. Talk down there. Start a conversation. Keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I will talk to each and every last one of you later, but for right now, I am tagging out. Thanks, guys.